In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Sammy Sage I'm having a relationship with my pizza and Aileen Drexler I'm gonna make you girls a hump day treat in a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram Just doing my workout Tuesday's arms and back but feels anything but in real life Is butter a carb? Yes This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie from people who understand the struggle I'm on the third day of my cleanse diet Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Aileen. I'm Sammy. This is the fourth and final episode in our series about the portrayal of dieting and diets in movies and TV and how it influences our relationship with ourselves. Today, we are bringing it full circle with a conversation featuring the creator of a show that examines this exact experience. Our guest today is Annie Weissman, creator and showrunner of the Apple TV Plus series, Physical, starring Rose Byrne. You guys have definitely heard us talk about it in past episodes. The show is set in the 1980s and all about a woman named Sheila who's battling her own demons, including a pretty bad eating disorder, and she eventually finds her outlet through aerobics. So without further ado, here's part four with Annie Weissman. Hi, guys. Very excited to be here, too. We have been watching Physical, and we love it. Like, immediately when we started watching, we are like, we need to get her on the sh- on DST, because it's just we've never seen, like, eating disorders, like, portrayed on TV in such a way, especially, like, the inner monologue is very, in my opinion, um, accurate, and it was just, we were, like, really excited to talk to you about it. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's... Um- that was the goal. <laughs> that was the goal. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely like showed a side that I don't think has ever been accurately portrayed. Like you typically see like the actions of an eating disorder rather than like all of the ways that it sort of like closes your world off to so many things and really just affects like all your interactions. But I guess in case anyone is listening and hasn't watched the show, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind it and if it's based on a true story or anything? Yeah. So, you know, I, um, I, I wanted to, like you said, one of the, like the bigger goals with the show, um, when I, when I set about to write it was just a kind of a little bit of a, truth telling expedition for myself, just kind of like deep inside my own brain that had been, um, you know, locked in a certain very like secretive and really difficult set of behaviors for a long time. Um, and for me, like it wasn't until I want to say years into my recovery that I felt like I had perspective on it and could could write about it. But even, even, um, even with that, even with the kind of perspective and recovery, I feel like I still needed some distance 
Um, and so I came up the the two things that really came together that made the, you know, the, the story start to go and, and, and um, for me uh, creatively and to get some momentum into really, you know, building the world of the show was thinking about this time period that was thinking about the time, the transition from the seventies to the eighties. So I was thinking about, you know, and I, I lived through it as a kid and became kind of just fascinated with how in this time period we went from this, um, you know, seventies culture to eighties culture and, you know, from the kind of like last bit of idealism and optimism and hope, like shifting into this really cynical period of just embracing like a, a kind of um, pretty unfettered, unregulated embrace of, you know, greed and, and, and the self and self betterment and capital, you know, just going from the collective to the individual. And, and I lived through that and I saw that and I, and so the kind of, um, cultural commentary piece and then the really personal piece um for me um kind of came together in this in the in this world so i mean that's a really broad way of talking about it the the, the more personal was that um you know those are the grand ideas the person more personal was just the feeling of um wanting to kind of like sit down and tell the truth about what it was like inside my head um and being scared to do that but doing it you know and and just um so the, those were all the threats that came into <laughs> that came into it. What what was mo like the most challenging part of of kind of exposing yeah. that or being being that personal? Yeah, well, I think you know it was. Um, I guess it, it's it's vulnerable and embarrassing to tell to talk about like like to tell the truth about like secrets that you kept for a long time. You know, I think um, part of it was just that I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a feminist. I'm someone people perceive as being, and when I say people, I mean the very small number of people in my life, you know, I'm not, <laughs> you know, that be just people I went to school with, my friends, my family, like see me as this like tough, outspoken feminist. But so it's telling the truth about like the, the um, self-doubt and the, you know, just the ugly stuff inside, you know, cause I was pretty good at pretending to be someone that I wasn't a lot of the time. And the, the thing is, and so to, to kind of dig in, there's a lot when you, when you've been doing that for a while, um, there's a lot of, it feels like there's a lot at stake in kind of revealing, um, you know, in revealing like who you really are. Um, but I think that's, I've, I've come to learn that that's kind of a symptom of the the disease. You know, that's a symptom of eating disorders is this, this feeling of like this voice in your head saying like, don't tell anyone who you really are. Don't tell the truth. Um, uh, everyone will. It's like part of like control, like controlling your image, controlling your image is part of it. Yeah, it is. And so like, you have to kind of portray this really bulletproof, really tough image. And, um, and that's part of the illness. And so learning that it, that was a, that's a really tough lesson to learn, but I have to say like, when you start to tell the truth about it, the, the interesting thing is like what you guys are saying, which is that people, it, it actually brings people closer to you. You know, like people recognize it. They go, me too. You know, I have, I have that experience too. And then it's just like this great relief sets in of like, Oh God, Ooh, you know, why was I, why did I think that this was going to, 
be this shocking, painful secret when in fact, like as, as soon as you start to tell the truth about it, people, people recognize it and see themselves in it. And, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't obliterate the other parts of you, you know, it doesn't obliterate the rest of who you are. Um, I mean, that being said, I have to say like the response to the show is so interesting because it is really divisive and polarizing in some ways. Like there are people who are like, how dare you, you know, she's so, does she really think that, you know, like there's a lot, anyway, we can dig in if you guys want to talk about that. Cause I do think um, it's something I'm still kind of processing and thinking about, like there have been a really, some really great people who um, have, you know, come forward and see themselves and recognize themselves in it. And there have been some other responses that are a little bit like, how dare you? And is that really how, what how dare you what? Like, how dare you? Um, like, I don't get what yeah, you did I know. wrong. Well, um, I think some of, because the, the, the illness, like, so the voice in this character's head is cruel, right? And cruel to her. But accurate. I, that's what I feel. It was like me just telling the truth, right? And so it's cruel to her and it's cruel to, um, to others and it's cruel to other women. And I think that's one of the, and certainly to other, to men. And so, right. so un- it's highly judgmental, really, judgmental, like, really yeah. tough. And, and, and to me, but for anyone to pretend yeah. that that's not how someone who has a severe eating disorder s- speaks to themselves, like that is yeah. a denial response. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well, um, I think that's, that's part of what, um, that's part of what, you know, there are certainly some people who are really, you know, turned off by that and shocked by that, you know, like, oh my God, that can't be, you know, that, why, why are you, why are you doing that to us? Why are you, why are you letting us hear that? Um, and, uh, yeah. Maybe they don't know what it's like to suffer from that. And therefore they think that it's like art going too far yeah. rather than like an honest portrayal. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. 
okay, so just a second before we continue to talk about the substance of it, because there are so many things to discuss. Could you just briefly describe the plot of the show? Because and if it is not based on Jane Fonda in any way. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, it is it is inspired like in part by, you know, some of the some of the events of Jane Fonda's life and um and you know it is um another another kind of female uh fitness and lifestyle gurus that emerged in this time you know in the 70s and 80s um it is about a woman who is suffering from a a, a terrible eating disorder is really divided and how she presents to the world and then what she is inside. And then she just stumbles into and discovers aerobics and, and finds this like power inside it that is really surprising to her. And then we start to see her come up with this idea to share aerobics in this new form of technology of videotape and specifically with women. So they can do it so they can experience the power of it too. Um, in, in the privacy of their homes. And so that starts to take off. So it becomes this avenue to her own personal empowerment and then also like economic empowerment. So, so that was, you know, that's the kind of, those are the events of the show for her. And, um, and, and it's, um, you know, along the way, it's seeing her start to tap into um, this, this power inside herself in, in like her physical body and, in, and just like connect to her body and get to know her body. And I think that there's one part that really, I, I don't know if it resonated with me, but it's just so, so on point when she starts to give like inspirational advice to the bunny character about how to love herself. Meanwhile, she is struggling with that. Like meanwhile, yeah. in the back of her head, she's, like spewing like really mean, mean things about to her to like Rose Burns character, yeah. Sheila, right? Um, I thought that was so accurate because I feel like a lot of people feel that maybe it's like a feeling of fraud yeah. where it's you yourself are you have to be motivational or you have to sort of share like even people are like on Instagram, yeah. sure, like positive motivational speakers, like they're not always a hundred percent listening to their own advice. I yeah. thought that was like really interesting and, and a pivotal part of the, of like the characters mm-hmm. change. Yeah. That's totally, um, uh, you know, so much a part of what, what I just experienced in the world too, you know, in my life and in others, like you see how much we say the things that we want to believe <laughs> or that we yeah. think we need, you know, and I think it's, it's like when you're doing it, there's a part of you that really wants it to be true and can, you know, it's easier to tell others than to kind of, than to kind of um, tell that to yourself. And, um, and so it gets like TV gives you this, this, this medium gives you this ability to um, kind of simultaneously dramatize like the outside and the inside, which is really fun, you know, to kind of get this rare opportunity to peek into what's actually going on in there when you're, when you're saying those things. And, you know, particularly when it's like, we're trained, I don't know, it's like we get trained our whole lives to do that. We get trained our whole lives to kind of like hide the, the real feelings and kind of present a different set of them. And I think after you, you do it when you do it long enough, you kind of lose touch with how you really feel. And part of what I think is really um, 
empowering about about the aerobics that Sheila discovers and starts to do is that it's just so um, it she's she's just learning about herself. She's like inhabiting her body in a way that she's been hasn't done for so long. She's just divided it. It's like there's there's you know the body is just something she fights with and kind of suppresses, and then um, now um, she's kind of getting in touch with it in that, in that way. Um, but yeah, Rose is pretty amazing at that. She just jumped into the, ta- the, the, the high bar of, you know, what she's presenting you and then what she thinks inside and like seeing her start to build that and layer that performance is really fun. I mean, she's terrifyingly good. <laughs> she really is. She's, she's terrifyingly very good. good at it. She really um, is. Yeah. What, one thing that I thought was interesting is that like you see her do that motivational splitting thing you you see her do it like immediately to her husband like early on in the show mm-hmm. that's actually like kind of where she starts that yeah like duality I found the relationship with her husband to be so fascinating because it's like does she just sort of like hate him as a reflection of herself or does mm. she actually like not match with him like that's what that's oh. what i'm having trouble parsing yeah. you and then then i'm like okay well you see she sort of like doesn't really get along with anybody and her perception yeah. from like the moms at school is that she yeah. is like on her like at the co-op she doesn't partake like yeah and you just realize how much her life revolves around this disorder she, like yeah. there's nothing else in it i know i think that's a really good um observation of it i I don't think that she knows how she really feels about much of anything, including her husband. There's so much of it that like, I think early on she fell in love with him because of who he was and and that he represented something that she wanted to be, you know, this outspoken person, this, this, you know, this charismatic, brave kind of, intellectual speaks his mind. And that was, um, that felt like really exciting and liberating to her from what she grew up with, but it's just been so long since she actually followed her own like wants and needs and desires that I don't think she even knows how she feels about him. It's just like, she feels trapped. She has, this is the, the lot that she's, um, you know, this is what she's, um, chosen and she, and she's trying to kind of like survive it. And, and so the, one of the big shifts, you know, in, in the, in the show that she's navigating is trying to actually discover, like, how do I actually feel about this person? And could I, is there, and it doesn't feel like a possibility to her to leave because of all of the, you know, because of the realities of her, her, you know, the time period and her social situation and, you know, economically and all of that. So I think only when she starts to get a little bit of power, um, literally and figuratively, does it become like, does the door open on like, how do I feel? What do I want? Could I leave? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a question that we start to ask in, in the, you know, towards the end of the season and then in, you know, God willing, if everything goes well in season two. (laughs) I really hope there's a season two. 
This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. You know what I also, just another thing, uh, what I like, and I, I'm sure, I'm hoping this was an intention if when creating it, was that it like also shows people who don't have or have never struggled with an eating disorder, like kind of maybe a way in without just showing like sammy said they're just whether it's just bulimia you're just showing somebody not uh throwing up yeah. or not eating with anorexia you see the inner monologue and it allows maybe for room for empathy because normally like rose burns beautiful thin woman like beauty at in all standards especially during that time but she's still like sh- hates herself yeah. like there's so much hate um, was that an intention? Yeah. Because one of our listener, one of our listener DMs, they wrote in, it really helped my boyfriend understand my past struggle with an eating disorder. Yeah. Was that one of, was that wh- uh, part of why you made oh, that's this? that's so cool to hear because that was a huge part of it was that I felt like depictions of certainly of bulimia were so much focused on the behavior and it like misses the point, yeah. you know, that this is the big goal for me was to kind of stay away from too much of a focus on like, and even it's funny, like even the the phrase like eating disorder, I kind of feel like we need a new word. Like I know now I, I hear right. younger folks, <laughs> here's the part where I reveal how old I am, um, saying disordered eating, which I think is, I don't totally know the difference. I mean, I think, and you guys tell me, cause you're no more about this. I think that is the sort of way of saying, it's not as bad, like that, that's a more, there's a gray area. It's yeah. A a great, like in terms of the, the severity, that's a, that's a lighter. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Which I think is cool. Cause yes, but yeah. And I would say that even within the term disordered eating, there's a spectrum within that between like people who don't even fully recognize it. And then like, I would put myself in okay like probably I would put myself probably in like the furthest you could be with disordered eating before you have what you would call an eating disorder okay again I've never been diagnosed I've never been diagnosed right. with but it who's to but say? again who's, who's to, to say, say? Yeah, what exactly. I have say, right but that but then also like 
but I think there are certain markers that okay. clearly indicate like more in disruption to life, to quality of life than I right. had. Like, like I never had to go to like a facility. Like, right. um, it never like derailed my life in the sense of like I had to like leave something or give something up because okay. of it. It was just more like, oh, this occupies like 95% of my headspace and it's very uncomfortable and it's yeah. very confusing and restricting, but it's not like making me dysfunctional. Got it. Like like truly dysfunctional, but yeah. I also like, We're like you look can't back at photos. You can't a job. You can't – you have to leave school. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. With, or with Rose's character, she like goes out of her way. She Spends sort of, a lot of goes money. into her bank account. Yeah. Goes to the goes to the hotel right. to go through the actions of, you know, binging. That's um, right. So, so the goal was to really show it as like to to kind of demonstrate, like show it through the emotional truth of it more than the kind of yeah. behavior that people can right. focus on, like the exterior, which is kind of part of the problem. And even the term eating disorder, it's, a, it's like there's eating right there as, as if like, if you just fix how you eat, you're done, you know, and that's the opposite of the truth. It's like so much about, and so we understand that to be true about a lot of addictions. We understand that to be true about like, you wouldn't say like, I don't know that you would say like, I have an injecting disorder if you were like no. a heroin addict. Do you know what I mean? So like, I need right. to fix the way I True. inject and what I, you know, so it's sort of like, <laughs> I we would... understand it to be a mental health issue, like a, a, a brain issue, an emotional issue, a perspective issue. And so the goal was to kind of tell the story in her, inside her head, show her warped and distorted perspective. And that that is the problem that's the genesis of the problem and then the other right. thing like you said with the money and the hotel room was to really try to give it the the kind of like high stakes dangerous like cd treatment that other depictions of other addictions have on tv to like demonstrate the severity and that in, uh, mm -hmm. in her life because it really is life threatening life you know disrupting um it, damaging in a, in a way, not just right. to, you know, um, your, your weight or your teeth or to, you know, the things that we've seen before. So yes, that was right. all that all of it goal was just the honesty and perspective, you know, it's it allowed to, it showed, it showed, um, how so, for someone who may not experience this to understand, like, how could this person have this issue? You know, like that, that's the kind of thing it's like, oh, I can see sort of how somebody who looks normal may be struggling like that on the inside, because now I get to understand how she's thinking mm -hmm. from the inside. And I get to see what that thinking makes her do and then what that leads to. It's like a, it, it, it creates room for empathy, I think, for people who don't see it. Yeah. And so that's why I understand why this listener wrote in that it helped her boyfriend understand her personal struggles, yeah. which is a great, that's it's a so great response. Cool. I love hearing that. I mm -hmm. mean, that, that would be, that is so meaningful to me. Like that's, that's the goal more than anything. I mean, that's like it full stop is if you can create a little more empathy, create a little more understanding, like kind of, you know, and so using the tools of like film and TV storytelling to kind of you know, make a bridge to this and understand it better is that that's, that's the goal. <laughs> that, that's the biggest goal. 
you know, and um, because it is, there is such a divide. It's interesting, I think, for, you know, there's a lot of divide between women and men on this issue. I am starting to hear from more men that, um, that have their own experiences and understanding of this as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, but primarily there's a lot of, yeah, there's just a lot of misunderstanding, even within like really intimate relationships. Is that interesting? Like you said, between a, between among inside of inside a relationship, there's a gap of understanding of, you know, what, what might be really going on. And maybe, and that is one of the things that's sort of like interestingly threatening about the show is like the suggestion that you might not know the person like if that's Let's exciting. Go. Right. What's going that's on? Pretty, that's a pretty threatening idea, I guess, you know? Right. Yeah. One of the listeners asked if creating this show was a trigger or was it therapeutic for you or somewhere in between? And I guess like, yeah, especially with writing the negative self-talk, like Mm -hmm. how did you go about that? Yeah. I mean, it's both. It's interesting because, um, I think the definitely therapeutic to write it, um, really difficult to make it, you know, cause it, it's one thing to kind of like, I'd sit down, cry a little bit and then write. And it was like, Oh, it feels good. But then, you know, cut to your dream comes true. And six months later you're on stage with actors and are in a recording booth and you're, doing it you know you're making this bringing this thing to life um editing it watching it again and again and again um it's intense there were times when I was like I felt you know like her head turned to me and I would go hide in my car for a little bit and you know it's 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 intense um I think that I it's overall super worth it like like what you just told me about someone um, it's such, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing that is a hundred percent worth doing, you know, to make, um, transform your own, you know, difficulties, shame, pain into something creative that you share. I think I, I recommend it. <laughs> I recommend doing it, but I have to, to be honest that it's not always uh, smooth or easy. You know, you can, it, it definitely can shake things up and, feel tough at times um feels feels tough sometimes yeah so how how do you think though since the 80s since the show takes place in the 80s how do you think diet culture has changed since then do you think we've made has it gotten worse (laughs) and then maybe a little bit better like from your perspective there are so many things i look around and see that i think are better every time i see more size inclusivity in advertising which is happening more and more now I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, it helps me. I know it helps my kids, my my two daughters, also just to see different representation more than there was certainly when I was growing up. More language around and conversation around it. And then there are other times when I'm like, you know, days. And I'm curious what you guys think about this. Like when I look at social media, and I'm like. 
it's as bad as ever. Maybe it's worse because it's so pervasive now. I mean, you yet yeah, that phone is filled with yes, more inclusivity and more representation, but also just a relentless barrage of of ads telling you to buy things that will make your you thinner, more attractive, and you know, and the and then the the also the and there and it's in your bedroom, it's next to your bed, it's on your next to your pillow, sometimes your phone, you know. So I think like the the um and it's a and it's a fire hose of it, you know, when it used to be like a trickle, <laughs> you know, it'd be like a magazine that came once a month. Now it's a fire hose and next to you. So I don't know. I think it's I think I think I don't have a good answer to that. What do you guys think about it? Um I just think there's like no money in people who are content with what they have. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yes, there, there's a rel- there's this like relentless drive for growth and profit, like in mm-hmm. the American economy. And so, regardless of whether or not, you know, it, it, that just means there's going to be like more images, more everything at you yeah. constantly. But I also think that like the inclusivity does at least offer some form of like relief Mm -hmm. in the sense of like there are people who you can be like, okay, well, I want to be more like that, Mm -hmm. that thing that's being thrown in my face. So yeah, Yeah. it's it's tough. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think though there's definitely a there's a there's definitely a counter culture going on to diet culture, like in terms of um self self love, whatever yeah. that means, <laughs> and um like space for mental ha- mental health and um positive self talk and an acknowledgement of disordered eating and eating disorder. I think that that's that's great that it exists and there are resources and the fact that your show is on air right now is I think an example of positive change, but I totally agree that <laughs> advertising and, you know, mm-hmm. big diet yeah. <laughs> has gotten worse and it's always in the phone and we're all targeted so specifically. Yeah. So it's, so there's, it's like, that's why I was saying it like got worse and then it got, but it's sort of better, but like it's bigger. Yeah. So it's it's definitely challenging to define and we still if it's good need, or bad. Yeah, and we still need to keep having the conversation and we still need to keep, you know, because otherwise the creative conversation and the cultural conversation, because like you said, the drive to kind of sell us dissatisfaction is so powerful mm-hmm. and we have to keep countering it. You know, we have to keep talking about it and countering it because yeah, like, like I love what you said, like nobody gets rich being like, you're okay the way you are, you know, like the economy, totally. just like you have to create endless dissatisfaction, <laughs> and, you know, and it's, um, so you're, you're constantly having to, you know, continue to fight that and continue. And then, and then, you know, there's like the, the selling of, you know, the, the, the products around, um, you know, it's been interesting to me to see the way that like healthy eating and, like the, that being healthy and wellness and then like thinness and attractiveness are, are like in a kind of 
ugly, difficult dance sometimes. And, and they get, one gets co-opted by the other and it kind of moves back and forth and you, and you still have to kind of look at and try to separate, like, is this really about health or is this about, you know, um, or is this about like control and trying to, you know, trying to make myself into something that, um, you know, other people approve of or are attracted to. And, and also like the constant appealing desire even in myself of like that, that same story of like, you know, life is tough. Like come over here and do this plan, you know, like come over here, sign up for this plan and everything will be better because you'll get all your meals done you, or you'll get all the rules about how you're supposed to eat and what you're supposed to eat and not eat. And, you know, like the, the, the persistent appeal of that, like no matter what we do and what we talk about, even after this conversation, if I hang up and somebody sends me a really well-made ad, I'll be like, huh, you know, like maybe, <laughs> you know, and I still have to fight that. Like, no, no, that's not true. You know, that's not where the answers are. I know how appealing it yeah. is, but that's not where the answers are. And so it's like, we're still fighting that fight, you know? So that said, do you have any advice for anybody who's listening, who might still kind of struggle with negative self-talk? Yeah, I think, um, I do think that, you know, being, um, I, I'll, I, I can only speak to my own experience of, of the more I um, share like the truth about how I feel about myself, what I'm going through, like the better outcome I have. Um, and so I think it's just about, um, I think the antidote to being really trapped by negative self-talk is really, for me, is really connection. So you just connect and community and just, you know, don't, it, it really, um, it's really the way out. Um, you know, whatever that means you know, to you, to you, however you find it. So like tell one person what you're going yeah, through. Yeah, share, find other people who, um, you know, find community around it um, because mm -hmm. peer support and sharing and um, it, it may not feel like, and like I said, wherever, wherever that, wherever that works for you, you know, you can start with, you can start with strangers, you can start with support groups, and then bring it into your personal life because it doesn't mean that, you know, not, it, it's not safe or advisable for everyone to talk to, you know, their family or their, you know, people close to them. That, that's just not true for everybody. Um, it may be true for yeah, some people. So point. you just, you find the people it's safe with and then that, and then that grows and then that grows, you know, because it builds, it, it builds yeah. like new pathways for you. Um, that's yeah. a great point though, to allow sort of just to say that not your your personal circle isn't always going to be the most supportive circle no. and there's sh no shame in that it's not your fault it's their yeah. fault and to find somebody who will be supportive will make the biggest difference yes. i think that's a great yeah point. and that's it's different for everyone yeah yeah there's also probably a chance that you like have probably like established certain patterns with your inner your inner circle or they, you might have even chosen some of them because of how they like enable or yes. somehow interact with your issues, whatever they oh might be. Oh my God, that's true. so true. That's so true. And that could be within a family, that could be within a friend group, that could be in a relationship. People find 
unhealthy, like reinforcing. I know I had that so much in my, you know, teens and twenties were relationships and friendships that I sought out that were damaging because they were part of the disorder. They were part of like, these are who you need to be with to be the person you should be. And like, it's a really tough thing to break. So it doesn't mean that just your immediate circle is who is supportive. You may be able to find, boy, there, there are so many good opportunities now that the internet does, like you said, it gives and it takes away, but it definitely gives access to um, support groups and, 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 you know, therapeutic communities and, 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 you know, avenues for therapy that, that, that are positive and that are, and then, you know, maybe that builds a bridge for you to kind of start to reevaluate some of those toxic enabling relationships and kind of get out of them. Thank you so much, Annie. And everyone, you know the drill. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow us, subscribe, Apple, Spotify, everything. Follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow, at Aileen, at Sammy. And we're always with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong and Sean Kilby. Social media by Sydney Rafe. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.